Welcome to Your Badass Brain, the podcast that uses coaching, psychology, and simple neuroscience to arm you with the knowledge and tools to get from where you are now to where you really want to be. And here's your host, professional certified coach, April Oswald, to help you get the most from your badass brain. Hey there, everybody, and thanks for joining me on the first episode of my podcast. I'm April, and I'm really excited to be doing this, and I'm so happy that you're here listening. I hope you're ready to learn all about the human brain and particularly about your brain. It can be life-changing. Whether you're struggling with negative emotion or you're feeling stuck and unable to make the changes that you want in your life, or you want to achieve certain goals that you've set for yourself, the knowledge that you're going to acquire can help you make a breakthrough, right? You have an incredibly powerful tool that you've been carrying around in that head of yours, and I want to help you use it more deliberately to see all of the possibilities that exist for you and to empower you to make those possibilities your reality, It's the work that I do with my coaching clients, and I want to share the same tools and concepts with you. Plus, I'm going to supplement it with some concepts from psychology and neuroscience that have allowed me to think of my brain and to use my brain in ways that nobody had taught me before and in ways that have really been a game changer. I've seen firsthand the amazing progress that people can make when they work with a coach, and I get tons of benefits from my own coach but you don't have to hire a coach to start making significant progress. When you have the right playbook, you can coach yourself. And in fact, the ability to self-coach is one of the goals that I have for all of the clients that I work with. It's an amazing skill. And not to mention, when you are your own coach, you get 24-7 access. And it doesn't cost a dime. Right? But a quick word of warning. Doing this work can be challenging. It will open up your world to new opportunities for change, and change can be uncomfortable. But change is also necessary if you want to get from where you are right now to where you really want to be. The knowledge and the perspective that I've acquired and the work that I've done and continue to do on myself has up-leveled my life in so many ways. Some of these are visible from the outside. Like, yes, I've had a career change and, you know, the fact that I'm even putting out this podcast without the self-coaching skills I've developed, I would have never had the courage to put myself out there like this. But some of the other ways are less tangible like how I experience the circumstances and the people in my life and in the way I view myself in the world. And all of it has come from better understanding how the human brain functions and how my brain functions and in seeing the logic of my brain's programming and how it has created and continues to create the results that I have in my life. Like if you'd have asked me, say, even a couple of years ago, uh, I would have told you that, yes, I I use my brain to its full potential. I'm a fully qualified actuary by background, and I had a successful corporate career for more than 20 years. So clearly I was using my brain, right? But really, I was just using my intellect, right, my academic brain power. I didn't know that there was an entirely different way to put my brain to work 
and that that is where the real power lies. Nobody teaches us this. It's not part of a standard education, and it really should be. Because our brains are our operating systems. They're these incredibly powerful machines, these super complex networks of cells that are programmed to create our reality, to create our life experience. They determine how we perceive the world, what we think, how we feel, what we do. And so many of us are just going around day after day, year after year, letting our brains run on autopilot and letting that default programming determine our experience. And it's programming that we really didn't even have a say in creating. And yet we're accepting its output as if we have no other option. Imagine I were to give you this little black box right now and tell you, hey, here's the key to making whatever changes you want in your life. All you need to do is take this little box and put in the effort to program it to create the output you want, right? Where that output is the results that you have in your life. Would you do it? Like, would you take the time to figure it out in order to create your best life? Or would you just take the little box and put it away somewhere and rarely even take it out to look at? Because your brain is like that little black box. It's the key to getting you from where you are in your life now to where you want to be. The only difference is that by this point in your life, your brain's already programmed based on everything that you've experienced in your past. So you don't get to start from scratch, right? You have to start with the existing programming and figure out where it is working for you and where it isn't. And you'll know where it isn't working based on the areas in your life where you feel stuck, where you're either suffering emotionally or where you're really struggling to achieve specific goals or to create certain results that are different from the way things are now. It can be in your career, in your relationships, in your parenting, with your weight or your body image, anything where things are currently not the way that you would like them to be. These are the areas where focusing your energy on your brain is going to make all the difference. And the best thing is that as you do this, not only will you start to make progress on your goals, but you will be able to feel better through the process instead of suffering through it. To make the change you want in your outside world, you have to change the world inside your head. But you can't change anything until you understand it. And this is why it's so important to get more acquainted with your brain. Now, just a quick note that if you've experienced some significant trauma in your past and you haven't worked through that yet, uh, then I highly recommend that you can listen to this podcast, but it's important that you seek some professional psychological help from a qualified therapist to help you process that trauma. But if you haven't or if you've already done that healing, you don't need to dig through your past or to analyze your childhood to do this work. You don't need to understand why your brain is programmed the way it is. Personally, I find it fascinating to discover the why. Like I like to figure that out, but it isn't required. All that's necessary is that you become aware of what is going on in your brain now and how that is leading to the current results you have in your life. 
And in order to do that, you have to start by stepping back and observing it. To watch it from an outside point of view, as if you're a separate entity from your brain. In fact, as human beings, we are the only species that can even do this. We are the only species that has evolved to the point where we can contemplate our own brains, where we can think about what we are thinking about and train our brains to think in new ways. And yet so many of us don't take advantage of this ability. You know, until recently, scientists believed that once the brain was developed at a certain point, it was permanently hardwired and that it didn't change that it couldn't change, that you are who you are, that your personality and what you're capable of is set in stone. And some people really like this idea. It can be comforting because it provides a reason to not change, a reason to not grow and evolve. We can have these big dreams and desires for a more expansive life experience, And then we get to avoid the discomfort of going after those dreams by telling ourselves that, hey, that's just not who I am, right? I I can't do that. That I'm going to be me and that's not who I am. And so then we settle for the status quo, right? We settle for our lives as they are. But this simply isn't true, okay? Incredible advances in technology have allowed scientists to look more deeply inside the brain, to look more closely at the network that's operating in there, and they see now that it does continue to change all the time. A lot of what makes you you is simply the programming that your brain is currently running, the way that your neural network is currently wired. And with deliberate or conscious effort, you can change that. It really is amazing. I mean, in fact, I think that this is the next stage in our human evolution. Right now, there's so many people out there trying to program computers to think more like us, to think more like humans. Artificial intelligence is an attempt to get a computer to work more like a human brain. And that's really cool. But what I think is even more cool is that we as humans can use our brain more like computers. We can use our consciousness, right, the part of us that makes us human, to get our brains working in whatever way serves us best. Now, a little sidebar here. I recently watched the two Netflix shows, The Social Dilemma and The Great Hack. If you haven't seen them, they're both pretty eye-opening documentaries about how big data companies and advertising and social media companies, they're collecting all of this information on each of us. Uh, based on like every little thing we do on our phones and our other devices. And they're building these mathematical algorithms to figure out how to manipulate us to take the actions that they want to take, want us to take, right? From clicking on a link or buying products or liking something like a post or to voting in a certain way. And it works. Now, Yes, I know attempts to influence people have been going on forever, but never before were companies able to target you specifically based on your behavioral patterns, behaviors that stem from how your brain is programmed. And the reason that they're able to do this is because there are underlying patterns and logic behind why you do what you do. And when someone can figure out those patterns and that logic, they can then do things to maximize the probability that you'll take a specific action. 
And in a way, this is really great news because it means that you can also understand this logic and these patterns. And then you can use them and work with them to deliberately generate the actions you need in order to create the results and life experience you want to be having. And you'll be way more successful at this than anyone else because nobody has the ability to truly understand and look deeply into your brain like you do. Now, I'm not suggesting that you should go out and, you know, gather all this tons of data and build some big mathematical model or anything. I I mention that stuff mainly because, well, I'm a total math geek and I find it kind of fascinating. But I do have a model that I use in my coaching. And this is a simple, straightforward one that is the foundation of my coaching work. And in fact, it's simply called the model. And I learned it from one of my teachers, Brooke Castillo. She came up with it as a way of laying out the logical steps that show how the thoughts that our brain produces lead to the results that we have. And it offers a concrete tool that you can use to start coaching yourself. You can apply it to any problem that you're having or to any area of your life where you like things to be different than they are now. The model says that for every circumstance, your brain produces a thought, your thoughts cause your feelings, your feelings determine your actions, And your actions are what produce your results. Simple, straightforward, right? But it is so powerful when you truly recognize that this is how things work. And the model applies to any situation. You can use it to address whatever you're struggling with, whatever goal you want to achieve. And in the next episode, I'm going to talk more in depth about some of these steps. But for the remainder of this episode, let's just explore the model more generally. And I'm going to start at the end. I'm going to start at the output of the model, which is the results in your life. I think most people would agree that the results they have in their life right now are because of the actions they've taken and the actions that they continue to take or not take. And that if you want to create different results, then you need to take different actions than what you're taking now. Therefore, when people are trying to change something or to achieve a new result, they focus all of their energy on their actions because it seems like the obvious place. But there's times when this doesn't work, where the actions being taken are not creating the results that you want, or where you aren't taking any actions even when you know that they're necessary in order to create your desired result. Either way, when this happens, you feel stuck and nothing changes. And this is not a fun place to be. But if this is where you are, it isn't because you're incapable or you're not good enough or you're lazy or there's something wrong with you. It's simply because you've jumped to the end of the model. You've skipped the two most important steps. And actually, you're likely even trying to use the model in the reverse order. Let me tell you what I mean, right? So first, ask yourself, what is it that you want in your life? A promotion? A totally different job or career? A better relationship with your spouse or kids or other family members? More money? To lose 10 pounds or 100 pounds? Whatever it is that you really want, why do you want it? How do you think you will feel 
when you have it. Because ultimately, that is why any of us want the things we want. Because of the emotion that we want to feel. Because we believe that if we had that thing, if we accomplished that goal, we would feel something better than what we feel now. But remember, this is not how it works. Our results and our actions are not what determine how we feel. And in fact, it's the other way around. Our feelings, right? Our emotions. And I use feelings and emotions interchangeably. But our feelings and our emotions are what determine the actions that we take and don't take. You have a much higher likelihood of accomplishing your goals and making the changes that you want when you are able to generate the emotion first. Because it's that emotion, the emotion that you're hoping to create through the action and result, that is what is going to drive you to take the necessary actions. As human beings, we are a species driven by emotions. This may seem obvious to some of you, but to me, it was a profound discovery. I'd never really considered myself an emotional person, so it took me by surprise to realize what a big role my emotions were playing in my life. I thought that everything that I did or didn't do was based purely on my conscious decisions. But I see now how that isn't true. I mean, of course we choose the actions that we take, right? So it feels very much like a conscious decision, but we fail to recognize is that the options that we have to choose from are limited by our emotional state. And when we're coming from a place of negative emotion, they very often do not lead to the results that we want. Negative emotions, in and of themselves, they're not bad. They're not wrong, but they do not drive positive actions. They do not lead to positive results. So when we act to try to avoid or get rid of negative emotion, that often leads us to do things like uh, binge eating or over drinking or yelling at people or not speaking up or hiding away from the world. And, And while these things may make us feel better in the moment, they usually end up leading to even more negative emotion in the long run and can often create the opposite of the result we wanted in the first place. I see so many people that get stuck in this spiral, and I'm, I've certainly been there multiple times. Um, we'll do whatever it takes to avoid our negative emotions. We'll give up on our most important desires and goals because we are so resistant to and afraid of the emotions that we might feel if we pursue the things we want. But why are we so afraid of our emotions? And what is an emotion anyway? Have you ever wondered that? I mean, an emotion seems like it's just this big, powerful thing that overtakes us, like something that just happens to us and that it's not something that we actually create or control. But what if I told you that your emotions are really just physical sensations in your body, like physical vibrations in your body? That's pretty crazy, right? It's not how most people think about emotion, but it's true. 
Your brain is constantly working to keep your body in balance. It wants to maximize your probability of survival. So it's always trying to figure out whether you need to be in an active and alert state, like the fight or flight response, right? Or whether you need to be resting and relaxing to conserve your limited energy for later. So the way it maintains this balance is by sending messages throughout your nervous system, throughout your body, that cause physiological changes to things like your heart rate, the depth and speed of your breathing, your body temperature, your blood blood flow throughout your limbs and organs, the relaxing and contracting of your muscles. I think you get the point, right? So anytime your brain produces a thought, it predicts what that thought means for your physical survival and then sends the appropriate messages. Now, your brain produces around 60,000 thoughts per day, so it is constantly and continuously doing this. And most of the changes are so subtle that you don't even perceive them. But other times, those changes are a bit stronger or a lot stronger. And in this case, you perceive these changes as an emotion. And it happens so quickly that unless you purposely pay attention, you don't realize that this, what's, this is what's going on. You often don't even realize there's a physical component to the emotion that you're experiencing. But when you do start to realize it, it is incredibly empowering. It takes away some of that fear and that reluctance about experiencing emotions, and they lose some of that power over you. When you're able to stop and take notice that it is just these physical sensations that you're interpreting as emotions, you realize that they can't really hurt you. And I'm going to do a full episode about this soon because when you do become willing and able to experience any emotion, there's really nothing to stop you from pursuing and creating whatever you want in your life. For me, as somebody who used to avoid emotions like the plague, The willingness and ability to feel them has become one of my two superpowers. And my other superpower is the realization that every single one of the emotions that I experience is simply the result of the thoughts that I'm thinking. The realization that nobody, no thing, no circumstance has the power to make me feel anything. I know that it can really seem like the reason you feel what you feel is because of your boss or your kids or your husband or your wife or your mother-in-law or the size of your bank account or the size of your body. None of these things create emotions. The only thing that creates your emotions is your brain, and it does this based on the thoughts that you think. And when you are just allowing your brain to run on autopilot, Those thoughts are simply the output of the program that it is running. But did you know you are actually allowed to think anything you want? Seriously, your thoughts are 100% optional. I mean, right now you might be thinking, well, I mean, of course, April, I can think what I want. But how often are you actually exercising this right? And how often are you simply accepting the thoughts that your brain offers you? without question, and regardless of the emotions that those thoughts are creating. Because if you don't like the way that you're feeling, you can change the way that you're thinking. 
And I'm not saying this is an easy thing to do or that it's instantaneous. I mean, that'd be awesome (laughs) if it were, but typically you can't simply choose a new thought and then right away believe it and everything's different. I mean, sometimes that happens. For me, sometimes simply becoming aware that it is a certain thought that is causing my emotions is enough to allow me to drop that thought. But usually it takes more deliberate effort and practice. Our brains have been running the same programming for most of our lives, and they are invested in this programming. Your brain does not want you to change the programming because it believes that, all right, if you're alive today, it's been doing its job well, and it does not want you to change anything about the way it's thinking. But remember that base brain operates purely from the instinct to survive. That base brain is is not evolved. In fact, it's a part of our brains that we share with creatures going as far back in history as um, the prehistoric times. Your base brain is useful, but it's not where you get the power from to deliberately create your life. This comes from another part of your brain, and that is what I call your badass brain, the part of your brain that makes you human, the part of our brains that allow us to consciously decide who we want to be and how we want to live. You can use your badass brain to think on purpose, to create the emotions that you want to experience, the emotions that not only feel better, but that will drive the actions that will lead to the results that you want. Your base brain may only care that you survive, but your badass brain wants you to thrive. And when you really start to use it, to override your base brain when it isn't serving you, when you start understanding and breaking down your base brain thought patterns and thinking deliberately from your badass brain, it will change your life experience both in the present moment and in the future. Because little by little, as you practice the new thoughts, they make their way into your base brain until they become part of the automatic programming. They become the automatic thoughts that your brain produces. This is what I say when, I mean, this is what I mean when I say that you can reprogram your brain. And when you start doing this, and when you see that the model holds true, Not only will you feel better, but from that place, you will start to successfully create the results that you want in your life. So if you want to get more acquainted with and get better at using your badass brain, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to share any insights that you got from this episode, please email me at info at yourbadassbrain.com or check out my website at www.yourbadassbrain.com. I can't wait to see you on episode two. Bye for now.